0: Hello and welcome to the Chronicle of the Horse podcast. I'm Molly Bailey, senior reporter for the Chronicle of the Horse.
1: It was one of the early like early events and i had this horse that was moving up to intermediate he was doing his first intermediate at pine top and um anyway we had we had we were in thompson georgia we had gone to um and had mexican food the night before and it did not sit well with me (laughs) and so i'm going out I had already ridden a couple of horses and then it was this horse's first intermediate and he was a little bit of 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 a barn favorite amongst the girls that worked for me and so they were all excited he was moving up and I go out, I jump around the course, I come back and I had had a minor accident on course. It wasn't terrible but I got back and I the girls were like, how was he? You know, he looked so good through the water because they could see the last water. I said, he was great, but we have a problem. And they were like, what's that? I'm like, you know how I said that Mexican food wasn't sitting there that well? And they were like, you didn't. I'm like, yep, over the fourth fence. And then I had to sit down and ride him really strong into the coffin. So I'm pretty sure my pants are stained and I'm going to change. So that would be about the funniest, most embarrassing thing that has happened to
0: me. At this point in the summer, we figured everybody could probably use a laugh, so we've put together a collection of embarrassing and amusing stories from across the equine world. It doesn't get much more cringeworthy than literally having to change your breeches after cross country. Thanks to five star eventer and US team writer Will Faudry for sharing that gem. Managing editor Sarah Leeser, who has a great sense of humor, is joining me to help introduce the stories. Hi, Sarah.
2: Hi, Molly. I am so thrilled to be here and to have a little fun with these amazing stories. It takes so much guts to share your most embarrassing moments, but we have just an amazing show ready for you today.
0: So this month, we have stories from elite riders and also from Chronicle fans. And the Chronicle staff helped brainstorm which professional riders to call because we wanted to talk to people who could really laugh at themselves. Sarah, one of the people you suggested was Anki Van Grunsven. Dutch three-time Olympic gold medalist.
2: I did. I did suggest Anki. I've been privileged to watch her compete in a number of venues and I've always been so impressed at her ability to laugh at herself. She can make jokes and it doesn't really matter whether she wins or loses. I mean she wins a lot but she is just funny and like a really warm personality. Um, So we asked her and she sent us this From 2008, uh, that was a big year. She won individual gold at the Olympic Games. Uh, I think she claimed her sixth FEI World Cup final title as well in Bosch. She emailed us her story. She wasn't able to record it. So I'm going to read it for you instead. Um, I won't subject you to my fake Dutch accent. You'll just have to imagine it. (laughs) Here we go. 2008 was an eventful year. I rode in several championships, World Cup competitions, and the Olympic Games in Hong Kong. During that last competition, it was a CDIW in Mechelen, not everything went according to plan. Since it was the last show of the year, we'd all sort of had enough. In a rush, I wasn't concentrated enough. We picked up the freestyle CD from the truck, and my groom did the sound check. What happened is that we took the wrong CD. The music started, and I immediately realized that this was the music of a pas de deux that I'd written in the past. I looked in desperation to the side where the rider's grandstand was placed, and I heard, you know, from far off, Hans-Peter Minderhoud shouting that I just should keep riding. So I improvised the entire freestyle. I had not much of an idea what I was doing, but I just kept in mind I would do all the required movements. It resulted in a second place with comments that the choreography was very refreshing. <laughs> so, so this is Sarah I'm back again I looked it up and uh she scored a 78.4 percent in that freestyle I personally I would have died I would have like ridden in random circles but you know I'm not Anki Van that's why she's the master and an amazing performance for improvising the entire thing
0: awesome so we've got a couple more professionals who sent us some clips. Um, the next one is from World Equestrian Games show jumping gold medalist Adrian Sternlicht. We recorded this during a phone conversation, so you'll hear me on the line as well. After that, we'll go right to a clip from top hunter rider Sandy Farrell sharing a pretty embarrassing story.
3: When I was um, still competing in the junior in the hunters, um, I was. Had a great first day um, at World Hunter Rider Week. And I went in for the under saddle, and I was wearing um, a long sleeve shirt that apparently had loose buttons. Um, and I had a neon green sports bra Uh-oh. on. <laughs> and my shirt came undone.
4: Oh, no. The,
3: during the under saddle. so i spent the entire under saddle finagling (laughs) my shirt (laughs) and i think it just kept popping more and more open oh my god to the point where it looked like i was sporting a lime green a strange lime green garment under my show coat oh no and really no shirt oh no um Needless to say, my mother was confused why I didn't ribbon in, in the hat. <laughs> um, and I, I promptly changed before. I was mortified. And then, so I, I promptly changed um, before my jumping rounds. But um, from that, I got the nickname from Andre Dignelli. Um, casual Saturday <laughs> um, and so for for a few years he called me that um, I hope this story doesn't remind him of that nickname.
5: Good morning everyone this is Sandy Farrell and I'm coming to you from Hagerstown Maryland which is where I'm spending the summer before I head back down to Wellington in a few months so I'm going to take you back to what I believe was 2006 and I had a very nice first-year horse name High Tops, owned by Alexa Weissman. And the day of the under saddle, and I couldn't tell you if that was Monday or Tuesday because the schedules changed a lot since back then. Anyway, that being said, we had had a lot of rain. I don't remember if it rained all night, the night before, or all morning, but the ring had the old footing in it and it was very sloppy, very wet, and just kind of mucky. So they were running the under saddle classes consecutively. So they had done the green confirmation, which that horse did two divisions, and he was second in the hack. So I was feeling really good about myself and my horse. And then the first year green hack came up. And those divisions were much larger back then. And anyway, the stands were packed, and it was a great day. And again, it was muddy and dreary, but it wasn't raining at the time. So we're in the saddle class and I'm guessing there were probably 30 to 35 horses in the class, so it was pretty crowded and we had gone to the left and everything was great and going to the right and everything's great. And as the announcer said to go down to the walk after we were cantering, I was at the far end where the office is and my horse stumbled badly. And he went down, I fell off And in the midst of all this happening, all I could hear were all these thundering hooves, the horses coming up behind us. So I'm obviously I I know people are trying to steer around us and not run over top of us and blah, 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 blah. To say the least, we came out of the whole thing uninjured. But anyway, so I fell off and I don't even think the judges knew at that moment because, you know, they just told us to go to the walk and I'm sure they were marking their cars and getting organized and everybody was headed to the lineup and So my horse was just kind of laying there, not on his side like he was hurt, he was just kind of laying there like he was taking a rest. And I kept kind of pulling on the bridle, and I was like, come on, Topper, get up, Topper, come on, we gotta go, we gotta go. And the nice gentleman, Kent Moeller, who was doing the ribbons at that time, and Kent and I became friendly, we were both in California, came over, and I'm sure he was desperately trying not to laugh. But he was very respectful and professional, and he asked me if I needed any help. And I said, well, I don't know. I just want my horse to get up, so i got to get out of this ring. So finally we got him up, and he was fine. so, you know, when you're down in that shape of that Jackson Oval, and you're at the far end, uh, that ring looks pretty long from, from there to the other end. So now all these horses have lined up. Everyone's staring at me. And now I have to do what I called a walk of shame. And that walk of shame must have seemed a mile long. And there was no one at the side gate, or for some reason I wasn't allowed to go out of the side gate, so now I really have to walk all the way to the end of the ring. And as you can imagine, there was a lot of um, cheering, there was a lot of whooping, and there was a lot of pretty funny things being shouted into the ring at me as I walked by the grandstands. and. Unfortunately, I was riding for Jack Steady then, and he was up at the far end. And just due to the crowds and everything, he just he didn't even realize I'd fallen off till he sees me walking out the gate. And he was like, "What happened?" I said, "What do you mean, what happened?" I said, "He stumbled and he fell down, and I couldn't get him up." And and then, anyway, it just went on and on and on. So that was my very funny story about falling off, literally at the walk at Devon in the first year of greens. So, Sarah, can you relate to either of those? I think we've probably all
2: had to endure an equestrian walk of shame at some point. I, I personally have probably had to do it more times than I can count. Like, like last year, one of my first competitions of the year, my horse, he show jumped this great show jumping round. I was so proud of him. We left the ring. We're walking out through the busy warm up. So he totally spooks and spins me off as we're walking out. Um, so I can totally relate to Sandy getting spun off in the walk to falling in the walk. Uh, we were fine, fortunately. I hopped back on. But like my husband, my friends, they were all mocking me. It's so embarrassing.
0: Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's good you can laugh at it. Next, we're going to hear some Chronicle fans
6: telling their funny and embarrassing tales. Hi, this is Carol Heron from Frederick, Maryland and this is my story. I got up early that morning so I would have plenty of time to get to the difficult run horse trails in Vienna, Virginia, where I was planning on competing at training level with my thoroughbred mare, one of the Lees. I got in the truck, turned the key, and nothing but a loud click. So I go wake up my husband, who was not happy to be awoken so early, got a jump start, got to the barn, got Lee braided. Got another jump start from the barn manager and we were off, but quite a bit later than expected. When I got to Frying Pan Park, the only available parking was way in the back in a small paddock. I quickly tacked up Lee and went to the warm-up area. I was the last person in my class and then there would be a short break. I saw a park employee unrolling a firehouse and figured they would be watering the ring, the warm-up arena where I was working during the break. So I get to work on my warm-up. Suddenly I hear a loud whooshing noise and my horse is bolting out of the arena, nearly knocking over a woman with a baby stroller. They had decided to water the arena with the fire hose while I was still in the arena. Both Lee and I were trembling. At that point, my 65-year-old father walks up at that moment and asks if I want my test videoed. Okay, I say, and I explain where the truck is with the camera inside. I then try to calm my horse down before entering the arena. As the ring steward is calling me in, my father walks up again. He has his hand on his shoulder and he says, I did something stupid. He removed his hand and I can see his collarbone sticking up at a horrible angle. Rather than walk in the, to the gate to the paddock where my truck was parked, he had cli- tried to climb the fence and had fallen off. I'm ready to jump off my horse and go find the paramedics, but he says, oh, go ahead, ride your test. So I did but I made three errors, and it was awful. So at that point, I decided to call it a day, drove my dad to the emergency room with a horse trailer and the tow.
7: My name is Claire Nietzsche, and I am from Bainbridge Island, Washington, and this is my story. A few years ago, I was preparing to take my horse at the time, Demi, into our first National Hunter Derby. Demi was my then six-year-old $250 Craigslist unicorn that I'd broke and trained myself as a part of a barn challenge in college, and I was nervous as all get out after drawing the first spot in the order of go. After the walk, I decided to stop at the porta-potties on my way back up to the barn. Mid go, I looked down at my breeches and, to my horror, saw that the side zipper had completely broken out. Worst nightmare, besides peeing my pants jumping out of the ring. My boyfriend at the time, Zach, was outside and, hearing me laugh crying as I begged him to give me the jacket he was holding, proceeded to hold me hostage in the porta potty until I yelled loud enough for everyone to hear that I'd broken my zipper and needed the jacket to hide my very bright leopard print thong from the world. On the walk back to the barn with my puffy, conspicuously tied sideways around my waist, I called my mother and begged her to bring my best pair of schooling breeches from the hotel ASAP. Knowing something was up and always the prankster, she of course responded with, What you gonna give me if I do? Siding with my boyfriend, she refused to relent until I told her why Zach and I were both in tears and why he'd held me hostage in the porta potty. Twenty minutes later, Demi and I went in the ring. She was a little green, but we held our own and put in a solid go. Splitting the zipper out of my breeches right before mounting up definitely took the nerves out of the class for me and made it one of my most memorable and funniest horse show stories to date.
8: My name is Elise Stolpe, and I live in Charlottesville, Virginia. I currently ride jumpers, but I grew up eventing as a young teenager in Wyoming in the early 2000s, and that's when my funny story takes place. Now, keep in mind, I use the term eventing loosely to describe what we were actually doing in Wyoming. Distances were not a thing. We didn't stop cross-country for snow, and the most prevalent training maxim of the day was simply Aim between the flags and ride like the devil is on your butt, which no doubt would inspire some serious yellow card riding in today's parlance. So it comes as no surprise that when I was 14, I epically missed at the second to last jump on the training level cross-country course at the High Prairie Horse Trials. My saintly old thoroughbred Dan, God rest his soul, managed somehow to clamber to the other side of the jump as I clung desperately to his neck before, of course, hitting the dirt on the backside. However, instead of dusting myself off and checking for injuries like a reasonable person, the aforementioned devil on my butt apparently possessed me to leap up off the ground like a gymnast and vault back onto Dan's back from the ground before taking off towards the last jump and the finish line like I was in some sort of 4-H Gymkhana suitcase race. The jump judge and the spectators had barely risen from their seats before I was galloping down the hill, through the water, and over the finish line, returning home embarrassingly in retrospect, well under the optimum time and incurring no time penalties. Now, I had always dreamed of riding well enough to attract the attention of upper-level event riders, but I didn't quite imagine that playing out as four-star event rider Vicky Koss, who didn't know me from Adam, remarking casually as I walked my horse back to the barn in what should have been a walk of shame in retrospect, Wow, in my whole career, I have never seen anyone fall off and still make the optimum time. I responded with a big grin and a thumbs up. Still, I'm not sure whether Vicky meant that as a compliment or as an indictment of my obvious lack of sanity, but for many years, I considered it high praise coming from one of my upper-level eventing idols.
9: Hi, my name is Caitlin McPhee. I am from Clinton, New York, and here's my story. So a little background, Uh, my horse wasn't happy at the traditional show barn that he had been at. So I ended up moving him to a Western barn that had all day turnout. We began getting back into show shape, uh, but I didn't have a formal trainer at the new barn, which actually ended up being a blessing for us. Uh, My horse and I are very in tune with each other and not having a trainer helped us hone in a little bit more on our relationship. So we suddenly realized that we were actually ready to show. So naturally, we picked ourselves up after a few successful schooling shows and went to the Vermont Summer Festival. Because what can go wrong at an A-rated show without a groom, a show barn, or a trainer? Yeah, so we rolled up to the show with just me and my kind of horsey parents. Um, My best friend who has horse showed her whole life uh, was planning on coming up, but she couldn't get there until the second day. So day one was all on my poor mom. (laughs) When it came time for my class, uh, we got into the warm up ring and I had her claim a jump. The ring was super crowded and wild as it is at horse shows Um, and my horse was ready to just get in and get out. Uh, After a few laps around, I asked her to make the jump a vertical, and she just stared at me blankly. And that's when it hit me. She had no idea about jump types so i'm riding around the packed warm-up ring trying to yell to her square oxer two poles vertical up a pole one pole take off the back rail or front rail whatever it doesn't matter which <laughs> and my poor mom looked like she was gonna throw up and i'm quite sure that people were trying extra hard to keep their distance from us uh, the looks alone made it clear that we were a spectacle but luckily my mom and i both have a good sense of humor and my horse was on his best behavior So uh, we managed to get through the day successfully, but I will say my mom has never hugged my friends so hard when she showed up the next day. Uh, And I did pay her with a glass of wine or a bottle or two, can't quite remember. So (laughs) she made it, (laughs) thanks.
4: Hi, my name is Carla Palmer. I'm from Los Alamos, New Mexico, and this is my story. About a decade ago, I was living just outside St. Louis, Missouri and riding with Shannon Hicks. That was when I became known as the warm-up skipper. We were showing at the National Equestrian Center in St. Louis. It wasn't my first show, but it was my first time in the jumper division since I was a teenager. As an adult amateur, I have quite a reputation for forgetting courses. Um, Shannon was on a green horse that day, and I was riding a lovely percher on cross mare. Uh, her name is Mercy Me. She was one of my favorite horses. Shannon had already warmed up her green horse, um, but I had come straight from our aisle. She suggested that I watch her ride the course so I could learn it. I'd shown in the hunter division the previous week, and we'd kind of learned that watching a few rounds was about the only way to get the course in my head. And Shannon was right. I totally remembered my course after I watched her jump around. She went nice and clean. She came out. She headed back to the warm-up ring. And in hindsight, I'm pretty sure the plan was for her to take the other horse back and then come back to warm me up. But the second she exited the ring, the steward looked at me and said, Well, 569? I was so locked on in on my course that I just nudged my mare into the ring, and I went for it. The buzzer went off. I jumped around like a pro. Um, okay, not like a pro, but I didn't forget a single fence. And as I was jumping the diagonal line, I actually saw Shannon appear at the inn gate. She was just in time to see me finish, and she was laughing, and that's always a pretty good sign with her. And she said to me, well, you had a rail, but you rode the right course. Let's just say your lucky Mercy would rather skip the warm-up ring anyway. Truthfully, all these years later, I would still rather skip the warm-up ring.
10: This is Laura Ware from Raleigh, North Carolina, and this is my story. Uh, this occurred back in 2012 when I took my American warm blood, aptly named Taking Chances, uh, to a small dressage schooling show. Uh, we, did, we kept it simple. We only did uh, dressage intro B. Um, as a little bit of background, Chance is much uh, is is a more woe than go kind of guy. Um, he doesn't do anything very quick. <laughs> he's uh, uh, we decided that doing a test that didn't involve anything like cantering would probably be a good move for our first show together. And uh, he, he's also a pretty smart horse. Uh, he figures out very quickly what you want him to do, and then. Almost as quickly figures out the best way he can avoid doing it. Uh, I had two goals in mind for the show: uh, just to stay in the ring and stay on the horse. As it is, I accomplished one of those goals, but it's not really the one you think. Um, we entered the ring, and he was doing phenomenal on his test, and as we were going about halfway through the test, we were trotting, um, by the entrance of the ring and he decided that he was going to very quickly see himself out of the ring and that the test was then over. And so he very elegantly, very quickly, uh, half ran half, half passed out of the ring, uh, kind of jumped his back legs over (laughs) the small, uh, ring barrier at the end. Uh, it took me about a good 30 seconds to convince him to go back in the ring. We had a very kind judge that let us finish the test, even though we were disqualified. She did give us comments for a schooling show and, uh, he was phenomenal. He finished the rest of the test a bit begrudgingly, um, but didn't try anything else. And, uh, All I could really do was laugh at it. Um, The judge's comment was uh, something along the lines of, you know, too bad he found his spunk outside the ring. And uh, the entire farm uh, was just really shocked that he could move so fast. Nobody had ever seen him move so fast, even at feeding time. So he kind of surprised all of us. But it's one of my uh, very favorite memories of him. So uh, (laughs) what can he do but laugh?
11: Hi, my name is Mallory Lucas, and I'm from Salem, Oregon, And here's my story. Um, So I started showing horses when I was about 15 years old. And to put that into perspective, I was a 15-year-old riding a four-year-old. So to say that we were showing at the show may have been a little generous. Um, But when I was 15, I took my four-year-old warm blood to my first A-system show. And just for safety reasons, my riding instructor always made everybody do their first show in the hunter ring just so that we weren't racing around while having our nerves get out of control. So my horse was a basket case for the entire first four days we were showing. He was running around like a chicken with his head cut off. We were leaving out strides. Uh, Not only did we not have our flying lead changes, sometimes we counter-cantered into lines, Um, However, on the last day, we had a really lovely round. He had a nice even pace. He got the right number of strides and the judge kindly looked down as we trotted through every lead change. Um, And it was great. However, the next round, I was expecting to go in and do something similar, but I quickly learned why my horse was so well behaved the first round. So as we were coming into the diagonal line, he stopped, not like right in front of the jump, probably about two strides out, and he stretched out to pee. This poor horse had been afraid to go to the bathroom outside of his stall all week, and he finally just couldn't hold it anymore. So it apparently slowed him down enough to get us a ribbon in the hunter ring. But as he was peeing, and I tried to look at my trainer for guidance, she just had her face covered and she was walking away, and I was like, oh no, this is very bad. So needless to say, I do have a very embarrassing horse show story uh, and no we did not place in the second round. Uh, thank you for having me. Bye. Hi, my
12: name is Taylor Topping from Nashville, Tennessee and this is my story. When I was younger, I would always compete at the Hampton Classic and the short stirrup on my ponies. One year, the flat class was exceptionally large. There must have been at least 25 to 30 ponies in the flat half of the jumper ring that was usually split for the short stirrup. While trotting past the judge, the girl behind me got way too close to my horse's butt and he cow kicked to the side in an attempt to get the other pony away. As an eight-year-old girl completely unsuspecting, I gracefully tumbled off the side and was caught in the arms of a very surprised judge with my feet in the bush next to him. He proceeded to console me by telling me that I was winning the class, which then prompted my question. If I get back on, can I still win? Needless to say, I didn't win the class and was excused from the ring with a very sad look on my face. But many years later, I'm still able to laugh at this story and remember the blue ribbon that could have been.
13: This is Rebecca Yant from York, Pennsylvania, and here's my story. Back in the 90s and 2000s, I was showing my Hanoverian mare, Bo Peep, in dressage sport horse breed shows. Because she was so big and a huge mover, she was handled by Bob Orton. I would do the walk portions while Bob ran his other entries. This incident happened at dressage at Devon during a championship class. One of the judges was the venerable Hilda Gurney. We were in the Dixon Oval, walking around with probably 10 or 12 other mares and stallions. These included a Belgian warm-blood stallion handled by Klaus Schengber. Suddenly, Bob's partner, Sherikash, was yelling at me, Rebecca, get out of there, and I heard a commotion behind me and turned around to see Klaus's stallion racing towards us, loose with flapping reins, apparently intent on breeding Bo Peep. Chaos ensued. Klaus and a bunch of other people were chasing the stallion and... All I could do was keep yelling and slashing my whip at the culprit while trying to stay in between him and Bo Peep. We ran around for what seemed like a long time, me screaming like a madwoman. Then Hilda Gurney came flying out of her judging stand, skirts billowing, waving her arms and yelling at the top of her lungs, trying to help chase the stallion away from me. We ended up at the south entrance to the Dixon Oval near the Where Champions Meet" sign. I thought to duck behind one of the judging stands to try and at least hide long enough for them to either let me out of the ring or catch the escapee. I thought, ah, safety, wrong. There was the iron spring stallion Juventus standing there, all puffed up and staring intently at Bo Peep. So we exited that area immediately. Finally, someone was able to grab the loose stallion and everything settled down. Susan Sexton got a bunch of shots of the incident. Klaus joked about what a nice foal that would have been. The rest of the day, as I walked around the showgrounds, I kept overhearing things like, wow, did you see that stallion get loose and then that tiny woman screaming and smacking at him to keep him away from her mare? I had a lot of good laughs about what happened, which I'm sorry I don't have on video. One of Susan's photos of the stallion in a twisty rear with his reins down around his chest appeared with an article entitled, Horses Behaving Badly. I always chuckle about the image of ever courageous Hilda coming to help save me.
0: So, what about you? Have you ever had your zipper and your breeches break when you were in the Porta John?
2: Molly, I don't want our listeners to get the wrong idea. Like, I probably have more embarrassing stories than I should. I have not had a wardrobe malfunction in a porta potty, thank goodness. Um, but, but I have had more equipment snafus than any one person should. So here's another story. This one time I was galloping to the last jump on cross country and I noticed that my horse's neck was getting further and further away. And you know, my adrenaline is up and I couldn't really figure out what was going on. I was like, I'll just hang on. We landed off the last jump. And then I realized that my saddle was slipping back. I had this elderly threefold leather girth and I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't put a breastplate on and... So I was like, okay, I'm just going to put my eyes on the finish flag. Somehow we made it through. My saddle did not roll under my horse, and I jumped <laughs> off at the finish flags. <laughs> um, and there's my saddle sitting on his loins. The saintly horse does not buck me off. Um, definitely a memorable lesson, right? Check your breeches to make sure they fit, that the zipper is working. Make sure your tack is all in good function. You learned that in, in when you were like a, a kid, right, Molly?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, well, good for you for making it through and being able to laugh at it again. We've got one last clip and we're going to be hearing from double Pan American Games gold medalist Lynn Szymanski. She's got a great story and a really good sense of humor about it.
14: So one of the most embarrassing moments that comes to my mind would be back from Burley 2017. Um, Often when you finish the dressage test at Burley, you get a little fun post-dressage interview when you're riding your horse back to the collection ring, asking what you think of the cross country or how your dressage went or, you know, just something silly and entertaining. Um... And when I'm at these competitions, a lot of time, you know, you've been working the whole year to try and get here or sometimes your whole life to try and get here. Um, And so to take a little pressure off and just have fun, you know, I like to find ways to just um, be able to make myself laugh. So my friend Hannah Supernet and I were both competing that year. Uh, There were a lot of American contingent competing that year, and we noticed that when they interview the Brits, they sound a lot more posh than the American crew does uh, doing their post-dressage interviews. So we took it upon ourselves to challenge each other to do the most ridiculous interview or maybe see what sort of uh, accent you could get away with slipping in there. Um, I think Hannah was really chuffed to bits and and did a very good interview, so it was my turn to step up to the plate. And I ended up making an error in my dressage test, so I felt pretty silly. Um and then what just came out of my mouth was that I felt like a total knob or maybe I said a total knob head um meaning that I felt like such an idiot for going off course I had heard that used in context over in the UK uh, I did not also know that it was also a term for the male body part um so I went on my way and had some questions later. I got some feedback that um, people were asking who the very bold American was who referred to herself as a knob in their interview at Burley, which is one of the pr- most prestigious events uh, internationally. Um, so, yeah, I, I felt pretty embarrassed because <laughs> it was not actually intentional um, that I used that word. But I'm not sure if that made the contest so I won or didn't win. I think uh, I was just too embarrassed, and I tried to forget about it. Um, The event ended up turning out all right for me. But um, anyway, I learned some more British lingo over
0: there. Well, that was fun. Thanks, Sarah.
2: Thank you for having me on the podcast. Um, I was just so impressed with everybody being brave about telling their stories Lynn sharing what had to be such an epically embarrassing moment. I mean, and we know how that goes, right, Molly? We've been on some international trips together, um, trying to find vegetarian food in France after hours.
0: Impossible. Next time we'll have to do one about our adventures.
2: Right. We could definitely fill a podcast with stupid and silly things that have happened to us while going abroad.
0: Well, thank you for listening to the Chronicle of the Horse podcast. We really appreciate all of our contributors for sharing their funny and embarrassing stories with us. We look forward to our next episode in September, and you can expect new episodes in your feed every month. You can listen at www.coff.com and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Please do follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at of Horse. Thanks for listening.